Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to Talkin' Tofu, a vegan food podcast. I'm Becky Streepy. And I'm David Streepy. This week on the show, we eat Whole Foods organic chocolate truffles, drink Califia Farms almond milk holiday nog, and talk about short circuit two. We should have started with a clever line from short circuit two. Like, hey, Becky, I'm looking for input. Oh, it's like good. something like that, like we did with the scream one. Oh, yeah, that would have been good. Are, yeah. is, are we starting over or is this all just going to? No. Sp- okay. Should we eat a truffle? Let's, we, should we eat a truffle? Wow. You're. <laughs> oh, I remember what we do now. Dave, how are you oh, doing? My, are you, how are you feeling? Not feeling so about how you're, how are you feeling? You don't seem well. <laughs> you don't good. seem ready for this. My eye is so itchy. It is very distracting. There's not something in it. Okay. It's so itchy. I think you're just rubbing your eye because you're tired. No, I'm not that tired, but my eye is so itchy. You're giving me big seven-year-old energy with that I'm not tired. <laughs> I'm not tired. It's okay to be tired. It's late. It's talking to every nights. Nights. Yeah. Dave. <laughs> what? How are you? I asked you how you were. I'm. My <laughs> eye is itchy. That's how you are. That's your update. <laughs> Is that your eye is itchy? How am I? Gosh, well, it's a Tuesday night. I got a ton of work done today. Feel wow. very productive. I did a glamour shot of some cauliflower bites. We had them for tacos. We had them for tacos. We had them for tacos. <laughs> These were the cauliflower bites that we talked about with Amy Katz last week. Oh, really? Yes. I um. I mentioned offhand that they'd be good in tacos, but I didn't feel like making chimichurri sauce, so I just made them again, put them into tacos with avocados and arugula and buffalo sauce, and then I used the ranch packet, and I thought it worked pretty well. I mean, I gave them a four out of ten. <laughs> I know. And then they showed up two days later in dinner. I know. With the sauce. It's the hardships we go through for you, the toeheads. There could have been a solution that didn't involve it for dinner. Yeah. Like a snack. Like a snack for all six out of ten. Yeah. I had it as a snack and taken the picture. That's true. That's true. I felt like I was killing two birds, but not birds. Nope. What would the vegan version of that be? We've done this before. Oh, have we? Yeah. Well, what was it? I don't remember. What did we let? Toeheads. It was bad. What did we? What? I fr- fried two tofus in one pan. Is it a pants carrot? Is that what we landed on? Pants carrot. You know the carrot with two legs. 
Our friend Rob calls it the pants. The pants carrot. When you get a carrot. Yeah. But instead of it being a carrot, it's a double carrot. Are you suggesting that that's what we say instead of two birds with one stone? I got a pants carrot. How about you free two birds with one key? (gasps) Ooh. Like, still, just saying the words pants carrot doesn't make (laughs) any sense as a... Because you thought you were getting one carrot out of the ground, but you make got- it a phrase is my point. You don't. You're just saying pants carrot, and then describing what pants carrot is. <laughs> well, when you say it like that, it sounds ridiculous. Let's. There is an action. Killing two birds with one stone is an action. Oh, I see. I see. Give it's- me an analog <laughs> where birds is replaced with pants carrot. <laughs> It's like when you pull a carrot out of the ground, but it's a pants carrot. Because you got two carrots. You thought you were getting one carrot, but it's a double carrot. It doesn't work. (laughs) But killing two birds with one stone is an intentional act. A pants carrot is a surprise. That's true. But you're pulling the carrot on on purpose. It's it's also not an efficiency. It's just a boon. Like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. boon took the water. (laughs) it's you're killing two birds with one stone you're freeing two birds with one key like you have an an intention and an efficiency yep and the efficiency is what you're proud of not the killing the birds it's that i'm proud of freeing the birds you're proud of your shortcut but i'm more proud that i did it with one key Mm. or with one rock stone Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Stone. Somebody threw a stone at a bird, and not a rock. A full stone, like a stone. Just a that's a two hander, a stone. They oh, that's lift, a, lifted wait. it up because a stone is heavy. You need both hands. Do you think it absolutely has to be a two hander? I was thinking like brick size. Oh, I guess so. I when I think of a stone, I think of like some a very hefty, like almost big enough to be decorative in a garden. But maybe I'm wrong about that. I mean, maybe that is also a stone. But I'm wondering where the the floor is for a stone. What's the difference between know, a rock and a stone? Once it gets too big, it's a boulder. Yes, that I agree on. What? But at what point? At what point is it a boulder? I feel like when you can no longer move it, it's a boulder. I like that. That seems like a good criteria. And I think. Hmm. But but then by that logic, maybe once it is a two-hander, it's a stone. But I think that's that allows for a lot of really large rocks. And go ahead. Stone is smaller than rock, is what this website says. What? It, no. What yeah. is that? Marble.com. No. Wrongnews.com. Wrong info. Opposite site.com. Yep. Dot com. Geologically, a rock is defined as any natural material, hard or soft, consisting of one or more minerals. Okay. A stone is a solid, non-metallic mineral matter. Unlike a rock that is a large piece, a stone is a small piece. I just don't like this. (laughs) I don't like it at all. This doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't fit into the way I see the world, and I refuse to believe it. Then how could a boulder as a noun, be a very large rock or a piece of stone. Piece of stone. 
where is that from? Because I don't know difference between .com, which was the most credible source I could find That's on page one of Google. Macmillan Dictionary. That seems better. But rocks can be described as a large piece of stone that is difficult to be carried in the hand. So your definition of stone is basically the definition of a rock. My whole life. We had them backwards. <sighs> I'm exhausted. Yeah, that's clear. So what are we doing today? We're padding out the release calendar because we're going on vacation. Yeah. So we're recording many episodes a week and we don't want them to get repetitive of us just saying the same bullshit about <laughs> beet juice on pants <laughs> and snacks from Target. Yep. So instead, we're watching a movie. Yeah. Thanksgiving was yesterday. Thanksgiving was yesterday. Today's the day. It's holidays. To snuggle down under a blanket, get yourself some sweet treats, and watch a movie. And the movie that we chose. And have some holiday appropriate And have some holiday appropriate. Those were the sweet treats. I said sweet treats. But sweet treats are are year long. That's true. We're having some... We're like we... Just had candy. That's true. Get yourself some holiday treats and watch the 1986 film Short Circuit. Is it 1986? It is because I have the Wikipedia in front of me because I have a bad memory. Put it out very large. The front, the beginning of a Wikipedia entry prints out so big. It looks like the script for the movie. I know. (laughs) There's a cover page with Johnny Five on it. It prints out so large and you can't tell it not to print the pictures. It's a whole thing printing from Wikipedia. (laughs) There's no print-friendly version. So we watched it. This was one of my favorite movies as a kid. I like Short Circuit, but thanks to the HBO Max free preview weekend, I had Short Circuit 2 on VHS, and I watched it all the time, and I loved it. And as I grew, I realized that there are some problems with it. and Big problems. There's a big problem with it. A big recurring problem. A big problem with it. In that Fisher Stevens, a white man, plays Ben Javeri, an Indian man. Yes, and does a very like Apu kind of accent. He does do the accent and is in brownface, I think. Yes, he sure yeah. is. It is cringy. It's pretty unthinkable that somebody would make this decision for that role or that character. Apparently, the, the decision was made after he got the job. Yes. To make him an Indian character. I watched an interview with him about this earlier today. Oh, you did? Okay. I, did. I also did some research. Okay. <laughs> Go, on. Go ahead. Oh, so five minutes into the movie, I Googled Fisher Stevens' apology uh-huh. and found uh, an Entertainment Weekly from May of this year, 2021, mm-hmm. where he apologizes for doing brownface in short circuit and said, it definitely haunts me. And it's got the video that I'm betting you watched. It's like a two-minute apology video. I think what gets me is that the interview that I watched, they hire him, they decide to make the character an Indian man, then they try and hire Bronson Pinchot, who's Balky from Perfect Strangers, mm-hmm. to play him. Another white man. Okay, cool. <laughs> and then he doesn't do it, so then they're like, Mr. Stevens, like, can you do it? <laughs> Balky's like, that seems offensive, no yeah. thanks. <laughs> Yeah, and then there's another, like, there's a cabbie later on that's also putting on an accent. A Russian cabbie. Mm-hmm. And this is 1986. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's Peak Russian. Russia season. 
Yeah, yeah. So um, I think he's there for that, like, nudge of relevance. Just a little Yakov I couldn't Smirnoff tell. moment. Yeah. Anyway, we're getting real deep into that. But I wanted to talk about that up front, that I had a very fond memory of that movie as I acknowledge that huge problematic part of that movie. I still have a lot of the lines from it like knocking around in my head all the time and a lot of the the shit that Johnny Five got up to knocking around in my head. Michael McKean, who is never bad in anything, takes I guess does he take the Steve Gutenberg? Let's back up. Short circuits a movie <laughs> about a robot who's like a military experiment who is like a weapon. It's struck by lightning and gets personality and becomes really charming and whimsical. Steve Gutenberg's the star of that movie. Ali Sheedy is the romantic uh, lead as well. Basically, they steal him from the military and teach him like hippy dippy ways. And the whole movie is like they're sending the other Johnny units to try and retake him. And eventually they win. Whatever. Also, Steve Gutenberg's. He's the scientist. His partner has been... So Short Circuit 2 comes along. It's about Ben Javeri. Steve Gutenberg's nowhere to be seen. Alishidi is nowhere to be seen. What you get is Michael McKean. And you get Cynthia Gibb plays uh, Sandy Benettoni. Where we start with Short Circuit 2 is basically Ben Javeri has moved to New York City. He has made miniature Johnny Five dolls, like remote control robot dolls, and he's selling them on the street, like as part of like a lineup of street vendors. Um, and his neighbor is Michael McKean. And Michael McKean is selling fake Rolex watches. Yeah. So that's the level of product that Ben Javeri is in the league of so one of so they're doing it outside of a mall that has like a department store and one of the johnny five units in typical johnny five fashion gets loose and starts going through the the store and causes a lot of hilarious antics and then goes up to the office level and goes by this office where sandy benettoni is trying to convince her boss to buy all of these toys for the store and they're all these terrible gag gift toys like a hat with two hands on the bill and when you pull a string the hands clap like that level of stupid toy yeah she's not good at picking toys yeah and it seems like the boss feels that way too he's like why do you keep doing this (laughs) yeah and at the beginning i wrote in my notes um Oh, this boss sucks. Yeah. And that I thought that she was very scrappy. Yeah. But she's bad at her job. And I kind of feel like if she's consistently that bad, I can understand his frustration. I feel like maybe his tone with her could improve. But I understand his level of frustration if he's working with an employee that's clapping hat level bad. I think here's the thing. It's been two months is what the boss says. Oh, she's new. She's new, but she's also... Like, why become like, a buyer at a to- at a kid's toy store if you don't care or understand what a fu- fun toy is How do like? you get hired as a buyer at a toy store? A buyer who has autonomy to go and select the toys and bring them to the boss. And apparently get a production deal right. for the toys. If this is the experience that you have is getting bad toys like this. Yeah, it's a mystery. 
Yeah. She was a bad hire, but she seems like a very nice lady. Yeah. So she, while she's dejected, also she's got a boom box and little Richard's playing on the boom box and he's like, and turn that off, which is a weird thing, but it comes into play later. Um, so then she's leaving that and the Johnny five little robot goes by and she picks it up and is like, Oh my God, this is amazing. And run downstairs, finds Ben Javeri, talks to him about it. Ben Javeri's head over heels for her. And, um, but the thing is like, she needs it by Christmas time, whatever she needs it really quickly. He's just a guy who makes him himself. He's like, I can't do it. Michael McKean steps in and he's like, ah, but uh, ah, it does a lot of razzmatazz and gets the contract for it, even though they can't deliver on it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. At this point I wrote Rolex guy also sucks, but I think we are supposed to find him scrappy as well. His name is Fred. Yeah. His name is Fred. I realized that later on, but at this point he was Rolex guy to me. Anyway, um, he does kind of suck for most of the movie. Well, he's he's a he's a shifty dude. He's a he's, shifty he, dude. He has fewer scruples than Ben Javeri. He's he is New York City, where Ben Javeri is the country boy. I guess I guess so. Or he's like an '80s vision of what New York City is, right? Mm-hmm. Like he gets it done, and he's got lots of like bada bing, bada boom. You gonna beat that? How you gonna beat that? kind of like energy yeah so but i also i feel like i can stick up for michael mckean because i like michael mckean a lot and so i'm projecting that onto the characters that he plays i think that he is more good-hearted than the bad guys that we see in this movie like he has good intentions he's just selfish and he's just greedy. That's what it is. But he's he can be a selfish. good friend as well. Yeah. Like he's a he's a pretty good friend of Ben. We'll get into it. So Fred is like, I got this. You know, I, I got it all figured out. And what all figured out means for Fred is that he goes and takes a loan from a loan shark. Yeah. Gets a bunch <laughs> of startup money. He gets a dilapidated building. He hires a staff out of nowhere, like instantly produces a staff mm-hmm. that just appears out of thin air. Ben Javeri teaches them how to make robots. Yeah. They just pick it right up. And they just get right to work. And what they don't know is that inside that dilapidated factory, there's a secret basement. Of course. And in that secret basement, there are two crooks who are digging a tunnel across the street, underneath the street, to break into a vault on the other side of the street. They've been working on it for months. They got the perfect cover because this factory is dilapidated and nobody's going into that factory. Um, so their perfect setup is is screwed now. So they come in the next day wearing ski masks and crowbars and an axe. One has, always has a crowbar and one always has an axe. And they smash up all the, the production units. They hit Benjaveri with a crowbar. They hit... Fred gets into a fight with him, scares off all the staff, and um, and it's looking pretty bleak. It is. I, I this really bumped me out. I put a little heartbreak emoji when the jewel thieves came and tried to tried to scare them away from the factory. I found that very upsetting. My next note was: I'm really struggling with this accent. It is super offensive. I don't know what 
I think maybe Ben Javeri just had a lot of lines at this point. He has a lot of lines. And I think the thing about the thing, the second most frustrating thing about Ben Javeri's character to me is that Fisher Stevens is a good actor. Yeah, he could have just been. And he could have been just like, yeah, go. Fisher, he could have just been Fisher Stevens. Right. He could have been a down on his luck nerdy dude. Yeah. Who? Why did he have to be a down on his luck nerdy Indian dude? Right. And in this moment, too, well, if they're not going to because hire, of the if, immigration storyline. Oh. Because well, then, he's trying to get a citizenship. Yeah. I but guess, you can just chuck that. There's no. Yeah. There, that's the payoff right. for that is so small and right. not that they didn't need it at the end. I guess this, the amount of effort it seems like they went into, didn't they hire a dialect coach for him? Like the amount he lived of- with, he did have a coach and he lived with an Indian family for like six months. All of these hoops, if they had just used that energy, they could have found right. an Indian actor. Right. They existed in the eighties too. Right. And that's the thing. Like the frustrating thing was, I felt for Ben Javeri's character when this was happening, just like you did. Because there is a sweetness to the way the character is created. And it's this guy who's just trying to to break into some sort of like success. And A, he's getting taken advantage of and he doesn't even know about this guy who got a loan shark on his behalf. Like that's coming. You know? But then, like, they come in and they just start beating him up. And that's sad. He's like, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? But he's doing it in this fucking accent mm-hmm. that is, like, it you makes like, it right. You feel bad for him, but you're also cringing at the same right. time. I think maybe that's what that note was about. Because yeah. it, it does, like, it gets in the way of you being able to, like, immerse yourself in the scene. Yeah. At least for me. And... That so, happened to me throughout the movie. I'm not going to call it out every time because yeah. I feel like if we have a 10 minute discussion right. about this every time, we'll never uh, get through this movie. But I think the sweetness is something that this movie does really well and they do it in a lot of ways like throughout the movie. Yeah. And in my opinion, it's what saves the movie. And I think it's not there in the first short circuit. And if it wasn't there in this one, this movie would be unwatchable. Yeah. The next thing I have in my notes after this is that right. uh, they get a delivery. A big box shows up at the door. And the box is moving everyone. What could be inside? We don't yeah. know. Yeah. What is in the box? It's Johnny Five. Johnny Five's in the box. He comes out. He looks fabulous. He is bedazzled. He's got not bedazzled. He's got a little backpack on and he's got like he looks all cute and he's colorful he's got a utility box but i thought he had like that's where his laser was in short circuit one he replaced it with a utility box oh right because he doesn't like was. weapons right oh yeah Johnny. he's a hippie he seriously is like all hippie dippied out he's got like a rainbow sticker on his shoulder see he's bedazzled he's all beautiful that's not the same as bedazzling no i guess he's not yeah, he's have a trouble really Yeah. Hey, we're going to have a truffle to celebrate the emergence of Johnny Five from that box. So these are Whole Foods Market brand organic chocolate truffles. On the box, it is emblazoned with a big thing that says product of France. I checked like six times to make sure these are really vegan because they are labeled on the back as vegetarian. Ah. But they they are vegan. No dairy listed. 
There's a, a may contain, but that's an allergy warning, everyone, and we're not allergic. We just don't want to harm animals. Okay, let's get into it. All right, I'm going to pan this across. You can reach in and get your own because I don't want to touch your food. Don't touch my food. I would never. So these are available at Whole Foods around the holidays. This is not a new product. These have been at Whole Foods for a long time. Um, not all of the Whole Foods truffles are vegan. Um, there was a chocolate hazelnut one that I was like, yes, please, but those contain dairy of some kind. Ooh, they're very melty. But these are vegan. I'm going to eat one now. Dave's already eaten his. Well, not like they're huge. I was just chattering on and on. There you were. I just love the way it melts in your mouth. I like that too, but overall they're a little too sweet for me. What? Sorry. I'm going to have another one in a minute. Go for it. So Johnny Five shows up. There's... So the thing about Johnny Five, if you don't know from Short Circuit... Is that he's hungry for input. That's all he wants to do is get input. He's like a kid who loves to read. And he just reads all these books and, and reads them really fast and then just absorbs this knowledge and loves TV and watches TV and absorbs pop culture. And then like a, a cultural mirror, he reflects that pop culture out in how he interacts with the world. And there's no more intense period of this than the Second, he comes out of the box because he goes through like 20 pop culture references. Oh, he is at an 11. Imitations, just like one after the other. And Benji Berry is happy to see him. Michael McKean's like, what? <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you be kind of? Kind of. He's just whizzing all over, zooming here and there, looking for input calls, all over this factory. He calls him the number two, though, and I like that. I just <laughs> thought that was fun. That is funny. Oh, when he comes in, sorry, my brain shut off again. Oh, first of all, he gives a full summary of Short Circuit, the movie, yeah. the original. Yep. Which I thought, great exposition moment. Oh, in the basement, those two crooks were like, one crook is telling the other crook, he's like, man, we've been down here in this basement digging this tunnel for six months to get into <laughs> this bank vault across the street so that we can steal these jewels. And now these guys came into a factory above us, and now they've really we can't continue to dig our tunnel to the <laughs> bank vault because these guys are over it. Do you want to go back to your worst crimes that you did before this, or do you want to stick with this profitable crime? It's like exposition basement. Yeah, and then you said in the next scene, oh, now it's leaking into the main <laughs> <Yeah>. room. <laughs> <laughs> then Ben is talking about it um, to Michael McKean. Fred, I don't know why I'm sticking with Ben's name, but the actor's name for Fred. Um, oh, so there was one more thing I wanted to say about Johnny Five before we move on. I forgot that how much as a kid, I love his flappy eyebrows. That's my favorite thing about Johnny Five. They're so expressive. His each eyebrow is like a little piece of metal about the size maybe of a human hand. And mm -hmm. they just, they flap all around, up and down, side yeah. to side. They, just, they show very expressive. how he's feeling and I love it. Oh, those eyebrows. The puppetry on Johnny Five is pretty amazing. Like the arm gestures that he's always doing, the way that his body moves, and like you said, his facial expressions are really... Like, again, if they if you don't have that, if you don't nail that, the movie is almost unwatchable. I think the thing, too, like 
that number and frequency and rapid fire references and pop culture and impressions and stuff like that should be annoying, but it's not. No, it's cute. Yeah. He's like a kid. I feel like he's really charming. Yeah. He's got like that childlike energy that makes it sweet. It's not. Especially in a sequel. You'd think that they would go way too far just trying to deliver on that kind of thing. And I think they tried to. And the thing was, he just still could deliver it well and be good because the thing is like, he is like a child exactly. And throughout the whole rest of the film, he just basically gets shat on by the human race. And you're seeing, you're seeing it through his childish eyes and wondering why these bad things are happening to him. And it's heartbreaking. Yeah. It's hard to watch. He really just wants to be human Yeah, and be treated like a human. Or just, he wants to be acknowledged that he's alive. I don't even know that he wants to be human. Oh yeah. There's a moment later in the movie that, like, that's very yeah, um, very upsetting for was upsetting for me to watch. Yeah, so they he they get to work and he makes the the robots while they sleep. Yeah, Johnny Five can crank out tiny Johnny Five robots like nobody's business. He is making so many. <laughs> yes, I was gonna say I can crank out <laughs> tiny Dave Streepies <laughs> all day long too. <laughs> And you're the one accusing me of going blue. You went blue last episode. Oh, I cut that out. I know. <laughs> so yeah, they uh the This is when the jewel thieves come in. The jewel thieves see through the window that Johnny Five's doing it and sees that they're sleeping and is like, Oh, they just got this robot doing it now. And they don't supervise them. So we just come in and we beat up the robot. And so they try to do that, and Johnny Five kicks their ass. Because he's a huge robot, seven and a military military robot. robot. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So he doesn't like shoot him or anything like that, but he roughs him up and does some cartoonish like twirls him around and and throws him, and then has to build or yeah, they ask him to build a security system to protect the the place when they're not there. Yeah, they do. Not the thieves. The thieves don't do that. Right. Ben and yeah. Fred do. The that. thieves are like, you're great at this. <laughs> um. Meanwhile, they meet a guy in a neighboring office building named Oscar, who is tickled by Johnny Five. Yeah. And he seems so sweet. He, I said, Oscar seems very sweet bringing Johnny input. He is Jack Weston, plays Oscar Baldwin. He is the owner of the resort in Dirty Dancing. Sure is. I always think of his line in the song at the end of the movie where they do the join hands and hearts and voices, voices, voices hearts, hearts and hands. hands. And he comes in and does some line. He says, visitors, staff and guests. <laughs> so all visitors, staff and guests befriends Johnny Five and brings him what? Some book. Travel? Travel book? Brings a, I thought he brought him a phone book, but it's not a phone book. It is like a... Some travel thing. Yeah. And Johnny Five reads it in like 30 seconds. Yeah. I can see now why Fred starts calling him Five because saying Johnny Five all the time. I love saying Johnny Five. It's a mouthful though. Yeah. I, get, I get it. What's a mouthful? I'll welcome. Ooh, speaking of mouthfuls, I'm having another Ugh. travel. So, yeah. Oscar and, and Johnny Five are becoming fast friends. 
How did they meet Oscar? They he was like out hanging out by their office building while they were inking the deal for the robots, right? No, Johnny Five got lost. I thought, and Oscar showed him oh, that's where right. the building was. Oh yeah. Sorry, everybody. My mouth is full of chocolate. So Ben's whole thing, because Johnny Five showed up in a box, Ben told Fred, see, I didn't call him Michael McKean, that they should not tell him that he's in a city because he'll go input hungry and just tear the city apart. And so Ben leaves and Fred almost instantly makes the mistake (laughs) of saying that they're in a city. And Johnny Five is like, city? And goes and... And tears it all up, like, and gets in trouble, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't he? Is this when the police get him? No, he gets lost. Yeah, but he does tear shit up. He gets lost, and then he meets a gang. He meets a gang, Los Locos. Los Locos, which I was also not jazzed about. This movie seems so determined to celebrate the diversity of New York City. In a way that's not great. Like, no, it's a great intention, but like, they don't do it well. No, they really didn't. Gosh, they didn't. Yeah. So, this is a gang, a mm-hmm. Latino gang. Mm-hmm. They're boosting car stereos. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. And anyway, Just using the word boosting is like, it feels like the chaperone at a kid's dance. That's like, what they hey, use kids. when they're. <laughs> Mom's boosting cool. some stereos huh that's what they say that's what they say right that's what, i'm just that's what using... the kids say you're using the kids language yeah that's what that's the chaperone of the dance oh no well that's what they're doing pretty sick grooves huh kids <laughs> here comes that drop <laughs> anyway he befriends them and they um paint him with spray paint and he is even more beautiful than ever after that he steals all of the car radios for them. He, does he steals steal, like 30 car radios. He steals a lot of car stereos. Yeah, in like 10 <laughs> seconds. Yeah. And then he leaves. And then they paint him. Yeah. They paint him. And then Sirens and Johnny Five hightails it out of there. Yeah. And that's when he's like, I need to get back to the warehouse. And he meets Ben. Uh, not Ben. Uh, Oscar. Yeah. Oscar on the way back. And he asks for the ad- address. And Oscar's right. like, it's. Oh, yeah, Literally yeah, yeah. behind you. Right, right. So then while this is happening, Ben is developing feelings for Sandy, Ben Tony, the toy, the bad toy buyer. Mm-hmm. She's oblivious to that. He's too shy to make a move. And so it just kind of like circles the drain. So while he's missing, Ben comes back. To the factory, asks Fred where he is. Fred's like, I mentioned city and he ran off. And he was like, you let an $11 million robot run off into the city? And Fred's like, $11 million robot? (laughs) Why are we selling little mini robots when we've got an $11 million robot we can sell? So then uh, Fred takes Johnny Five. Unbeknownst to Ben, he does this. Right. And unbeknownst, like, he's just... Stepping out with Johnny Five as far as Johnny Five's concerned. Like yes. they're going to meet some friends or whatever. But he takes them to a company and tries to sell them. Yes. And when Johnny Five realizes that he's being sold, he has an absolute meltdown. Yeah. As he should. Yeah. Because he has been betrayed. And he is alive. And he is alive. Right. And uh, he and rolls out a window. And he rolls out a window. And that's when we discover that he has a hang glider 
in his body. And Heck that yeah. is when I wrote that Johnny Five has a lot of very specific tools on his body. There was the hang glider, but there was something else. The remote? Yes. And there was a yet another thing. Oh, I also wrote a note that I just wanted to say that the ski masks that these guys wear when every time they come to terrorize uh, Ben and company are called balaclavas. And I just learned that from Animal Crossing. Huh. And I think it's a delightful word that just rolls off the tongue. They are spotless, the ski masks. Oh, yeah. And one of them is yellow. Yeah. And I just think a yellow thing that goes on your face and head would be, it would get disgusting. This factory bad. is not clean. No. And they get... They get their butts kicked in this ski mask, and then it comes back, and it's exactly as clean. I can't find my note now about the the very specific tools. Oh, the hang gliding comes later, I think. Okay. Sorry, everyone. The hang gliding is much later, and that's why I'm confused. My notes app, I keep accidentally scrolling way down. Oh, also, and I, um, I'm... I feel like we would be doing a disservice to the movie if we didn't mention that when he goes to this meeting uh-huh. with, with the people that are going to buy the robot, the shirt that Fred is wearing oh, yeah. is a satin, teal, yeah. button-up, oversized. It yeah. is just a, a piece of 80s majesty. And if we didn't mention it, I just feel like we would be kicking ourselves later. Yeah, it's like a billowy pirate shirt. Oh, it's just... it's. Wonderful. We also should mention that on the way to the meeting, they go to the world's largest bookstore. And Fred allows him, quote unquote, allows him to go to the bookstore and he just makes a whole mess of it. That's where he catches the cop's attention. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But he tears the books all apart and like reads everything and then purchases two books to take with him. And we don't see what the two books are until later. Mm. So at this point, when Fred and Johnny Five are gone, uh-huh. that's when the thieves come back, right? They're like, there's not, there's nobody here. Let's break so. in. Yeah. And they trigger the Rube Goldberg alarm. Which is just basically one door is protected. Yeah. At the factory. They could have but... chosen any other door. Well, maybe there are things at every door. I, we don't know. But what are the what's the Rube Goldberg? Oh, I don't remember. So I they just... open the door and a little hand comes and knocks a block off. One of the Johnny Five toys then rolls down a, a plank, triggers something that then throws them up into the air. Yeah, like is it a like second, a seesaw or it's is like it... a they go, came in through a garage door mm-hmm. and like the second door dairy door comes up out of the floor, right. flips them out and also closes the garage door back, like yeah. blocks that entrance. And it has something funny written on it, like, haha, nice try. Yeah. And then Johnny Five thing turns on a stereo, oh, yeah. which says loudly, hey, everyone, these guys are trying to rob this location. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's I right. enjoyed that quite a bit. Single use burglar alarm Mm -hmm. like great job yeah they could have just gone right back in turned off the stair but i guess maybe they didn't know that it would be that easy right so foiled again oh i also did say wanted also i was very bothered by the investors they kept calling johnny and it instead of he yeah johnny was getting upset about it and so was i and they knew about the johnny five project 
they knew about Steve Gutenberg and they knew the history of it. They thought that the whole project had been scrapped and so were amazed to see that there was still a Johnny Five model in the world that they could buy, mm-hmm. which to me is like, how did Fred know these guys existed? How is Fred like, I'm going to call this place and yeah. tell them I've got a Johnny Five and they'll give me $11 million. That's a it was good very point. convenient. It was. The other thing is, Johnny Five reads all these books. He's insatiable appetite for human history or for the written word, I guess. And if you do that and you supplement that with a lot of TV shows, you more than any living being on earth would know how terrible humans are and how humans are not to be trusted. You would probably know what to expect in New York City. You would not you could not do that and be so naive. Now I realize that's kinda like just go with it, you know, because Johnny Five is so sweet. But they make such a big deal out of how much input he devours. You know? Mm-hmm. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for agreeing with me. Well I guess Sorry. I mean, I agree. I agree 100%. Humans are awful. And if you read that many books, you'd know that. Right. Mm-hmm. The other thing about him reading all of those books, though, to me, I think that his real downfall wouldn't have been all the things that happened later in the movie. But that much input into a computer uh-huh. will cause it all kinds of problems. Because if I know one thing about computers, it's that the more information you put on them, the slower they are. Uh. That's how computers work. Yeah. I'm constantly deleting things off of my computer because when I have too many videos saved on there, for example, it's very slow and crashy. Huh. Yeah. It just seems like giving him an insatiable appetite for input was kind of a design flaw. But maybe maybe these are related. Maybe he eats so quickly that his input metabolism is so high that he produced waste input, output. (laughs) <laughs> output and so it's just a constant stream like he's not retaining it it's and that's selective. why he doesn't think all he remembers are phrases and witty impressions and quotes about like the human condition but he has no like context what's more human than that just right. just selectively absorbing information yeah. so I think like what's it out. a rock and what's a stone right <laughs> so he gets Taken into custody after escaping. Sure does. Gets chained up in the basement of the police station. They call Ben. Ben comes and gets him. Mm-hmm. It's very sad to see Johnny Five chained up. The, that's where you see the two books that he bought at the bookstore. And one is Pinocchio and one is Frankenstein. Yeah. And so it's very sad. Uh, ben comes down and gives the officers a piece of his mind because he's like, you can't chain him up down here. Like that's, you know, terrible. You don't want to do that to anything, anybody. Um, and he's like, Johnny five, let's go. And Johnny five just like breaks the chains and leaves with him. So like he could have left at any time, yeah. which I thought was a very sweet thing too. Like it is sweet. He just did it. Cause that's the rules, you know? Yeah. So, so how does he get separated from Ben and Fred then? Oh no, they get ambushed. Next. That's the next thing. They get ambushed by the thieves. 
Yes, because the next thing that happens, according to Wikipedia, is that Ben and Fred get kidnapped and locked in a freezer. So you're just going to skip right over the date. Oh, the date. There is a date. Yeah. So this is where Ben and Johnny Five have a heart-to-heart. Ben reveals his love for Sandy Benettoni. And then they do a full Cyrano de Bergerac. And yeah, he's like, I've read all these romance novels <laughs> and all these romance books. And if you're an expert on 80s romance novels and romance books, you're the last person that should be a wingman. Yeah. So he's like, I'll help you. So what they do this is not creepy at all. They figure out her bus route. And when she's going to be at a certain location, because that's the way that the bus is going to go. So the bus gets there. Ben's waiting for his moment to walk by. Johnny Five breaks the bus down. Ruins everybody else's day on that bus. They all have to get off the bus. Full bus load of people. They all have to get off the bus. Sandy Benettoni gets off the bus. Ben Javeri's walking by. He's like, he's got a little flower. On his lapel. Oh, isn't it a little yellow flower? Yeah. Oh, so sweet. <laughs> but also, what but, the yeah, fuck, guys? He's like, oh, hey, Sandy, what are you doing here? And and Sandy's like, hey. Uh, so he convinces her to sit down at a table on a little patio and make sure that she sits in one seat and he sits in the other. And that's important because over her shoulder is an electronic screen. And what's happening on the electronic screen? Johnny Five is feeding him lines. Off the wall. Yeah. Ridiculous lines. How is he hearing? Oh, is the flower like a tr- a device so that Johnny Five can hear? No, Johnny Five's just a robot who has a directional microphone. Oh, That gotcha. he can point in that direction and hear in them. Oh, gotcha. The flower was just decorative The flower's to, make, to look nice. To look nice for Sandy. Yeah, Sandy Benettoni. So they have the most awkward date of all time. And finally, he breaks down and he's like, Johnny Five's been feeding me lines because I like you so much and you scare me. And then they fall in love. Hold on. No, that's not what happens. Hold on. That's eventually what happens. You are so eager to get to the end of this. What happens is a man with a hot dog cart pushes in between Johnny Five (laughs) and the date. And the hot dog cart has a whole balloon bunch of balloons in front of it yes it does and so first off there's like an interference with what johnny five is able to transmit to the screen and so it starts like putting in ads for chicken oh yeah and and, he's just reading right he's just reading them with no filter at all and then when the balloons come he just goes quiet and then yeah the balloons come (laughs) and block the screen he goes quiet jenny five starts sending messages to the balloon guy on the on the (laughs) screen which is very funny that it was funny hey you with the balloons move yeah that's pretty good and then he says a phrase to him in spanish on the screen that's when the balloon guy moves and Fisher Stevens reads the the phrase, which is like, your mother sleeps with my dog. Yeah. Not and cool. Not cool, that's Fisher where Stevens. That Sandy is like, oh, I know a little Spanish. What does that mean? Let me figure that out. And so that like is the final nail on the date. And then what you said. Then he has the breakdown. Yeah. Or then he, he doesn't have a breakdown. He breaks down and is like, I can't keep up this facade anymore. And he tells her what's going on. Uh, and then she's like, oh, you should have just told me. And then they have a lovely time. Yeah, so they go to a bar and listen to classic rock music, 
which they both have a fondness for. Yes, they bond over that. That's a true connection. Yeah. That is a sweet connection. So you get a little Richard at the beginning. Yep. And now you've got this Americana music. So that's nice. Mm -hmm. And then he comes home from the date. That's when they get ambushed. Oh. Why did I think? I thought that they were all walking down the street. Okay. You would know better than me. I've only seen this movie one time. No, I think Oscar distracts Johnny Five. Hey, guess what? (laughs) It turns out Oscar's not not a sweet guy at all. Oscar is the ringleader of the Jewel Thieves. He's in cahoots. Is it? Are you in cahoots if you're the boss? Yeah, sure. I don't know. They're all in cahoots. I think if you're the baddest guy, people are just in cahoots with you. To be in a secret partnership. Okay. I guess that's technically cahoots. He's in cahoots. All right. Um, He distracts Johnny Five. And while he's doing that, the other two thugs kidnap Fred and Ben. They take them and put them in uh, the freezer of a Chinese restaurant. They sure do. So while they're doing that, Oscar is convincing Johnny Five that he needs to finish digging this tunnel to keep Ben safe. And Johnny Five's just like, okay. Oh, yeah. He tells him it's a secret room where they'll be safe, but he can't get to it. Yeah. And so Johnny Five just gets down there and digging for Ben's life. Right. So sweet. Um, so these are, it's kind of a parallel path at this point. Ben Javeri thinks of an idea to you to hack a line to call Sandy Benettoni. But they can't talk on it. They can only do... They, the plan was to do Morse code, right. but neither of them knows Morse right. code. And so they use the beep, boop, boops to uh, play music. To play classic rock songs. Into her answering machine. So they start with Help Me Rhonda, and then they do Downtown. Which no, is, first on Broadway, then Downtown. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's and right. then Dock of the Bay. Right. This I remember for some reason with crystal clarity. And then they do Doo Diddy, Diddy Dum Diddy Doo, because it's Doo Chinese restaurant. And so Sandy has very little trouble figuring this out. Yeah, like shockingly <laughs> small amount of trouble. Calls a cab. The cabbie is the, the Russian dude that you were talking about earlier. Yeah. He's got a pedigree in classic rock music, too. I loved... As much as I was like a little cringe about his his accent, I loved how instantly on board he was with yeah. this quest. It gave me big I think you should leave vibes. Uh, <laughs> Just one person who's like this wacky thing, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so they eventually get there. They find uh Ben and Fred and they're all good. So at this point, um Johnny has made it through. He gets into the bank vault and Oscar is like, I just need to get my my stuff out of here. I've got some junk in here. It's in there. And he gets Johnny Five to break into the safe deposit box. And for some reason, Oscar opens the box to look at the diamonds. I mean, rookie mistake. Once Johnny Five sees that it's the diamonds, he's like, I recognize these diamonds. Um. Oscar's basically like, yep, I own him, and then runs. <laughs> and he runs back through the tunnel, <laughs> gets in the car where the two thugs are waiting, and they peel out. So he gets away from them. 
Johnny Five's like close behind him, you know. He's like, "Why? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? You know, uh, that's stealing. That's wrong." And he's like, "Ah, so long, sucker!" And he drives off. The one of the thugs is like, "We should bring the robot with us because, <laughs> like, he's a witness. He's going to rat us out." So they are getting away through the city. That's where Johnny Five activates the hang glider, gets up high, activates the hang glider, flies through the city. Eight-year-old me is has never been more here for a moment in movies than than Johnny Five flying through the city on a hang glider. It's pretty amazing. It's like a rainbow hang glider. Beautiful day, middle of the day, which is a weird time for a heist in a movie too. Yeah. Um, and I just love it. So the hang glider, he comes and picks him up, like grabs Oscar, picks him up, and the hang glider is stuck in a tree and he's hanging up there in a tree and he's got Oscar and he's like, I'm going to call the cops. This is over. The two thugs are there. He says to the thugs, go around in pig Latin, which I guess is not in any of the books that Johnny <laughs> Five has ever read. He glossed over that part. Yeah. Um, so they go around the block and sneak up behind him and attack Johnny Five. And he falls out of the tree, drops Oscar. Oscar's free. And then they just destroy him, basically. They're, yeah. They've got an axe. They've got their axe. They've got their crowbar. Got to have that axe and crowbar. And... It's pretty bad. Like, it's hard to watch. It is hard to watch. He keeps saying, stop, I'm yeah. alive. Oh, it's really, it was hard to watch. Yeah. That's the I thing. Think, he's like, he's he, he's talking during it, which makes it so hard. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's pretty awful. It's brutal. Like, if that had been a human being brutalized like that, this movie would have been bumped up a yeah. rating. So he's like, his arm, he loses an arm. His eye gets smashed in. His battery pack gets like crushed and it spatters out like this maroon battery liquid that like splatters all over one of the thugs shirts and he has like a tough time continuing with it and doesn't want to continue like like beating him up so it's actually like a really hard scene yeah it's intense yeah and notably not a single moment of cultural appropriation in that scene right yeah (laughs) so so it had that going for it when ben and fred get out of the freezer, Sandy locates them thanks to the power of song. And then they go to the cops and they're trying to explain to the cops what happened. And the, the ones at the desk are like, this is a bit far fetched. And then the two cops who'd been chasing Johnny five were like, it's you guys. And then for some reason they join forces. Some reason that I did not understand. Don't they go back to the factory and they're like, where's Johnny five? Why is this floor panel open? And the cops pour out of the floor panel and they're like, hey, it's the guys who robbed the bank that's on the other end of this tunnel in the factory that they found. <gasps> they get arrested for the robbery. Right. Yep, right. yep, yep, yep. And yep, yep, yep. Fred sees it through the window and runs off. Oh, yeah. Classic Fred. But actually yeah. turns out good thing he did that. Yeah, because he sees a broken Johnny Five just like rolling slowly through an alley, runs up to him, says like, hey, Five, what's going on? And he can't speak. He picks up a rock and starts writing. He writes dying on the wall. And then uh, it cuts to Fred for a sad reaction shot. And then it comes back and he's just putting the finishing touches on get Ben. I'm just like, that's a very quick way to write get Ben. Like just on that <laughs> quick turnaround. But he can't get Ben. Ben's in jail. And so do you know what happens next? And then he says, you fix. And so they go. 
to their sponsor, Radio Shack. <laughs> <laughs> this movie brought to you by... So they go to, to Radio Shack and Johnny Five guides Fred through repairing him. And it's not a perfect repair, but it's enough that um, he's not dying. He's not like imminent death, but right. he's used up all his backup power, which is crucial for later. And um, decides that they're going to go get these jewel thieves because yeah. now Johnny five is pissed. He yeah. got beaten up. He is sick of being treated like a thing. Yeah. He puts a mohawk on his head and yeah. he has had it. And I am here for it. Yeah. Yeah. No, he basically like they already break into this radio shack and get all the stuff that's required to like make him alive again. And Fred does just enough to get Johnny five up to speed to where he can do it himself, the rest himself. And like can talk, you know, so that's all like, yeah, okay, you got, you had to break in and do that. And you had to take these parts to do that. Yeah. Like you needed that to live. I would say anybody who needs like, if you had to break into a clothes store to get cloth to make a bandage because you were bleeding, like do that, you know, that's morally okay. And then he's like, I'm going to get these guys. And it's like, yeah, get those guys. And then he's like, but I need decorations. Yeah. So what I need to do is not move with any urgency because these jewel thieves are on the run. Right. Got to get that mohawk. But I got to get, yeah, all these wires and crimp them all together in a row, (laughs) place them onto something that I can then put on my head to simulate a mohawk, put like a patch on my arm, put like armor on like parts of my body. Decorative armor. But like decorative only. A chain earring. (laughs) Like who's the. The artist who's like, I don't want to fall in love. Jane Child. Okay. In the 90s? Love is just like a knife. You make a knife feel good. You're just doing a fake dance. Now, I don't know this song. Right. Or it was this a big artist. Hit. It was a big hit. Not anyway, that was one of the... She had a chain that connected from her nose ring to her earring. Mm. That was like her signature look. Johnny Five does the same thing. So then they go to the docks. Yes, but before that, we're going to go to these cups and try Calafia Farms Almond Milk Holiday Nog. So when I poured this, I noted that it had a really nice thick texture. Like the way when you pour an eggnog, it's thick. Thick like a creamy, thick pureed soup. And this had that thick nog texture, and it even has that like yellowish nog color, Mm. which I thought was a really cool touch. And my office just smells like Christmas right now. But I feel like it's too sweet, and it has a weird aftertaste. It has like a bubblegum aftertaste. Yes! It is bubblegum. I was trying to place it. So I do want to give a shout out to Kelp Noodles on Instagram for – Turning me on to this, uh, that this existed. I'm sorry, kelp noodles. I do not like it. Do I don't want, hate it. Do you, really? Yeah. It's all yours. I, I think the- with the splash of booze in there, I think it'd be a nice treat. I think the nutmeg is not on there, and that's a critical part of nog too. Like eggnog is seldom just drank by itself. Yeah, I guess so. But then, I mean, I love a store bought nog. Yeah. This is not doing it for me. It's that bubblegum taste is really weird. And it's it goes away quickly, but it's like you're enjoying nog and then there's this weird bubblegum moment and then it's gone. Like it's so quick that I couldn't even identify it. If you hadn't said it, I don't think I would have figured it out. I could picture a festive holiday drink of which this was a, a chief ingredient. 
I feel like the texture is great, but I can't get over that weird. It's not an aftertaste. The aftertaste is pleasant. It's a middle taste. Mm. I don't I like it. I think that's called the taste. <laughs> so they go to the dock. Yeah, they do. They go to the docks. Is this when Johnny Five chases the boat? Yeah. He's chasing the boat along the dock, which not super menacing because he cannot swim or be in the water. Oh, the other weirdly specific thing he has is um, a magnetic car tow thing that he uses to make a taxi stop for Ben and Sandy earlier in the movie. And why doesn't he use that? Magnet the boat. Like Maybe he's afraid the boat will pull him off the dock instead of him pulling the boat to him. And also, how does the car flip over? Can we get to that? So he goes, he goes to the dock. They're parked at the dock. He gets in the sewers underneath them. Oh, and picks yeah, up the manhole does. cover that they're conveniently parked over. Lifts the car up using the manhole cover. They like are trying to gun it to try and get away. Doesn't work when the tires aren't on the ground. And then he sets them down. Yes. And they're still gunning it and they take off very quickly crash the car flips over they go up a ramp and crash yeah and i at at which point i wrote in my notes just a quick triple homicide but then they're all fine not a scratch on them all three of them just saunter out of the car (laughs) how did they get out (laughs) they um then do like a a melee battle with johnny five in the middle of the docks yeah, but and, he's on to them now. Yeah. And does he now speak pig Latin or he just knows they're going to be <laughs> behind him? He That's their one move is to get behind him. Yeah. Maybe he's like, that's your one move. I, I'm a very smart robot. I figured that out. Anyway, he destroys them. And do the cops get them now? Right. And then Oscar runs away. Oscar gets into a boat. And that's where Johnny Five's battery is like draining at this point. He has like seconds left in his battery. He's chasing after them. He uses his remote control antenna to control a crane to get into position so that he can swing from it like Tarzan, which is the first reference that he does in the movie, Mm. to go pick Oscar up and capture him. He does that using the last of his battery, and he lands, and he's dead. Yes. Well, he has like seconds left, and there's an EMT there, and Ben is there, and Ben sees the EMT's... I don't know what those things are called. The paddles they use to jumpstart your heart. Clear those things. And he's like, give those to me. And there's like 10 seconds left on the battery. And the EMT is like, no. And Ben's like, you must. And they back and forth and back and forth. And then finally, the battery is done. Ben yanks the box away and puts the paddles on Johnny Five. And he still comes back to life. Yeah. We got a few extra seconds. Yeah. Phew. Well, I mean, you just have to put juice back in the battery. Well, but the whole thing was that if the battery dies, he dies. That was the whole thing. They said it many times throughout the movie. Mm -hmm. And then the battery died and he didn't die. These people sure knew an awful lot about a robot that lightning gave a personality to. (laughs) That's true. Fine. I guess if I'm giving, I feel like I'm doing a lot of suspension of disbelief in this movie. What's a little bit more? But I also think like after the heartbeat stops in movies, there's that extended period of time where they're still bring backable. That's true. That's so this true. felt like that. All right. So then it cuts to some time later. Bad guys are taken away. Cuts to some time later. 
Fred and Sandy are getting into a limo, leaving Input Inc., which is the new company <laughs> they'd made, I guess, to make lots of Johnny Five robot sure. toys. That's their bread and butter. So they're getting into a limo. They're all dressed to the nines, all gussied up, talking about big business deals. The limo pulls up to a ceremony that is in progress, and it's Ben taking his oath of citizenship. Yeah. And becoming an American citizen, which has been a storyline. Like, it's been a running thing. He's been trying to study for his citizenship test, like, the whole movie. Can I throw something in from the very beginning? At one point in the factory, there's uh, Ben's in, like, a hammock in, like, a little back nook area of the factory, and he's studying. And next to him on the wall is a sticker that reads, if you love animals, don't eat them. Mm -hmm. And I, I was very excited to see it. Anyway, the studying is the thing throughout the movie, and um, this is the culmination of that. So now he's a citizen. Yeah, but the camera doesn't stop on him. The camera keeps panning left to reveal a gold-plated Johnny Five also taking his citizenship oath. And then the person giving the citizenship oath is like, this is an historic moment because this is our first robot citizen, which I think... Sure. Sure. They acknowledge he's alive. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's like kind of a great great moment for him. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a great moment because somebody says, Johnny, how do you feel? And he says, I feel alive and jumps in the air and it freeze frames while he's in midair and the credits roll. Oh, what a perfect 80s ending. Yeah. Gosh. I didn't like the truffles and I didn't like the eggnog. I didn't like the truffles and I didn't love the eggnog. I, I love the truffles. I did not care for that eggnog. Okay. Maybe the kid will like the eggnog. Maybe. Let's keep the truffles away from him. They're mine. Okay. No, I'm nice and I'll share them. No, I don't. Okay. So are we going to rate the movie? I I feel like I can't give it a good rating because Ben Javeri is just such a problem for it. Like it really keeps this movie from being, for me, it, it, it ruins takes the it, movie. It takes it out of the ru- the running for like discussion as like a good movie. I agree. I I couldn't recommend this movie to anyone. I would be embarrassed to recommend it. I think, even though it has sweet moments and the story is good, I just oh, I can't get it's it's like a not. I can't move past that that accent. I think it is, by all other measures, a really really great eighties movie. That gets right what 80s movies get right about like the way that they're reacting to the world that they're in and the way like the cheerfulness and the optimism of the cheerful and optimistic characters does not feel fake or forced. It feels genuine to who the characters are and the way that the quote unquote badness of the world is displayed is kind of corny, but also like it gets pretty brutal and it finds a way to leverage like this Johnny five character to really like lean into that and show kids show like a movie that I was allowed to watch, like seeing what bad guys at the end of the rope would do to a living being, whether they regarded it as living or not, you know, like it was pretty brutal. It was. 
So I think like, it's a shame because it does so many things, right. And I have like a nostalgia pocket in my brain for it. And I think like seeing that again, seeing this again, so much of the stuff that I loved about it, then I still love about it. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I, I enjoyed the first short circuit movie a lot. I feel like I watched that a lot of times as a kid, although my memory of it, not great. Mm -hmm. Not, I mean, not that I didn't like it, but you know, I don't remember it very well. Mm -hmm. I just remember there was a robot. He was alive. Um, He's charming. Yeah. So I don't have like as much, I have a little nostalgia for it because of my feelings about Johnny five in general as like, He's a pretty like integral part of the 80s. I feel like he's part of the 80s. He had a song. <laughs> yeah, he did. But I think for me, it's not quite as close to my heart as it is for you. Yeah, I think that's all I have to say about that. But I mean, you like you were there with me on the stuff that we did like about it, though. Yeah, yeah. I did like things about it. But I think I don't have like that added layer of right. like... Like that hang gliding scene, like it was fun right. and I could have seen kid me being really into it, but yeah. kid me didn't see it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? No, yeah, I get that. But I, I just mean like more, you commented several times on the sweetness of it it's while sweet. we were watching it. And there, yeah. something like that should not be sweet. <laughs> like, or it, the sweetness should not work. Yeah. Like that charm should not work on a grown up the way that it works on a child. Yeah. So like hearing you react to it that way made me feel like it was a little bit more objectively sweet. And not just baked into my nostalgia pocket, you know? Yeah. It did have some, it has some good moments for sure. Yeah. Mostly ones that Ben was not in. Yeah. Well, thank you all for listening. If you're still listening and enjoying the show, take a second to rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It really does help us out. And we just love reading your five-star reviews. We might even read yours on the pod. We will. You can also follow us at Talkin' Tofu on Twitter or at Talkin' Tofu Pod on Instagram. And I am at Glue and Glitter on all social media. And you can find my recipes at glueandglitter.com. I'm Lion Leader on Twitter and Instagram. And we'd love to hear from you. If you have a suggestion for a food we should try, thoughts about an episode, or just want to say hello, write to us at TalkinTofuPod at gmail.com. That's talking without the G. Talkin' Tofu is a production of Caddington Inc. Our music is by Delicate Beats. Bye-bye. Bye. 